When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Success hinges on the ball going into the opposition's net once more than it goes into your own. Oh, danger here! Danger here! This week on the show we had former Waterford manager and coach Francis Rockard and former Republic of Ireland international and Cork City coach Joe Gamble as they talked about their time coaching in the League of Ireland and what the season ahead holds. Worst thing, Gash, is league next week. Are you missing it? Are you missing pre-season all that? Are running talk on? Go on, Brian. Yeah, no. Well, geez, 100% missing it. Um, I think when you're as passionate as what you, uh, as what we are about it, it's it's definitely something that... I don't know, no, Fran, let me stop you there when you say we. I don't know do me and Joe agree with you there, so just say I. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like we're all on social media or whatever and you can't get away from the fact that, you know, all your mates or whatever in the club you were with, you know, back pre-season and all that. So it's one of those things where it's kind of like you do miss it, obviously. You know what I mean? You do, but um, you have to let on you don't. <laughs> that it doesn't affect you but it does because I think the involvement and especially being in lockdown and stuff like that it only adds to it you know what I mean so I think on in you know just from the pure involvement and the group dynamic of you know especially the last four years when I've been involved the people that you've been around in terms of the staff and what you create it all you create it from pre-season and uh, it's the building blocks for it but um, oh, you definitely miss it yeah I do anyway what are you missing most about yeah. it? Like you're on about the staff there now and stuff. Is mm-hmm. it more staff than actual going out training in the cold? It's everything. It's everything. It's everything. For me, it's uh, it's um, yeah, getting out, getting away from home. Actually, two kids now, so uh, everything. You know what I mean? Um, I think more so. I think it's more heightened because of the lockdown now. You know, maybe the, the social interaction. Um, you know, it's the banter. You know, it's 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 being in a professional environment as well where you're constantly challenged you know and you know at the minute you're you know we're go- every, everyone's going through especially whoever's not in football at the minute you're finding ways to challenge yourself so I think that you know having all the different um, experiences of, of the day-to-day um, you know routine and that is is um, is, a, is I'm missing it a lot because it's all I've known for the last four years. Joe has done it for all his life, but it's, you know, he was immersed in it for four years and I, I couldn't have thinking of, um, you know, a better job. But in terms of what I'm missing mostly, I think it's just the social interaction, that banter and the challenge of the environment. That's, that's, that's what I take from it anyway. Yeah, you in the same boat, Joe. Well, see, like... As a player, I used to love pre-season. Probably my favourite part of it. I used to love the physical side of training. I, was, I heard oh, you used to go off the drink for like weeks before coming up to it. Who? You. I remember it being down in Clarny. Like you were a big shot and I was co-ramblers player and I was getting absolutely steaming. People were like me. 
Jesus Gambles and there is not even drinking. I think it was like a Kerry game or something. They were like, yeah. there's a professional compared to me. And I was like, what a loser. I was in my head right. thinking. Right. Like, I am a loser. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I, um, I used to read. To be fair, it wasn't a big drinker. I think it was a, I think, I think it was a big drinker when I first came back from England. That kind of 21, 22. And then I kind of snapped out of that. Like, as in going out a lot of the weekends. And But I think pre-season, I used to love pre-season as a player. I used to always love, I used to love. Like I used to love, I suppose, if anyone was trying to be fit, I used to take a very personal if someone was fitter than me. It's just the way I was. Yeah, yeah. I used to be very personal. So if you could lift more on the bench first to me, I would be pissed off. If you could run faster than me or longer than me, I'd be pissed off. If you were, you know, that's the way I was in pre-season. In pre-season. I, always, I was always like that. I, I used to gear myself up to be the best I could be in pre-season. But, um, would you always coach, finish top? Or would boy, was there anyone finishing ahead of There was, oh, of course. I mean, look, geez, if you're looking at it, if I was looking to say England, for example, when I was at Reading, you'd have James Harper. Like, that man was, he's not, he's not human at Like, and I used to train, like, fuck, to try to get near him. He, he had another gear or two, and he just, he had three lungs. Like, he was just a machine. I think the best runner I've seen in the League of Ireland, sorry, would have been Billy Denny. Billy Denny was an unbelievable athlete. Jesus Christ, Billy could run. But uh, there was a great story about Billy actually when he was at Sunderland when they got relegated. I think, I think Mick McCarthy was the manager. And I think, I'm not too sure now, did they have the worst points? in the Premier League when they got relegated. Uh, but Billy would have been only 15 or 16 and he actually told us a story and it got back to me from other people that the first team were doing pre-season training and running and they, and I think in Sunderland they're training ground they've got little mini hills between between pitches mm. but like four or five pitches so it's a big kind of big, big area. And they went I know that and- Joe, I was on trial there once but <laughs> 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 he was hiding behind the hills. Yeah, he was. actually, sorry, I was, I was twice. I got called back. They were saying he was bad enough the first time. We'll have a laugh. They couldn't time. find you the first time. Yeah. <laughs> but Billy, Billy was running with the lads basically, and he lapped them. And uh, Mick McCarthy just had to pull preseason. Oh, lads, what the fuck's going on here? I'm a young lad from Kerry, and he's overlapping senior professionals here. Like this is not right. Like, but he was another. He, he was another level of, of fitness. Like, but uh, as a coach. Like I, I suppose I've only been coaching uh, professionally I suppose, with Limerick, Waterford and with City, Cork City. Um, and three were total different challenges, like different roles, I suppose, in each in each club. And I was only there, I, only think, I think two pre-seasons was Limerick, one with Waterford and one with Cork City. So it was a lot of chopping change and a lot of disruption. So I suppose I didn't necessarily like it as, as a coach because it was just frantic, very, very frantic, very hard because you're walking into a change room like I was SNC coach at Limerick and Waterford and I was obviously number the coaching at Waterford and I was assistant manager at Cork so you're trying to gauge where fellas are fitness wise what can they do what they can't do what players are coming in give me other records what they did last year it's just throwing many balls in, in the air as you can and see so you can you fucking catch them basically like, that's that's what it is when you first walk into a club because you don't have background you need two or three seasons to kind of really have a look of if, if the players are good enough, obviously, and things are going well to really bed in. Uh, but as a coach of preseason, it's tough. As Franny would tell you, you're on the phone, phone morning, noon, night. I mean, just little things, lads, with accommodation. And can you pick up this fella? Can you go to the airport, pick up that fella? This fella's going to come in and try. He's got no kit. Can you give him some kit? It's just, <laughs> it's mental. Like, you know, you, you turn up the train, there's no kit there. Like, well, what am I going to, what am I going to use? Like, oh, what's the trial? Give me your own kit, your own personal kit. Like I remember giving lads some New Balance gear and some FEI gear because there was no kit there. You know, it's just. I remember when I signed for City there in the summer, it was like 
where's my kit for training today? Like, who was it? Alec Bourne went out and got a pair of shorts from about three years ago. And I was like, <laughs> oh my. That was like the first thing in my head going, Jesus Christ, like, there's not yeah. even kit here for me. I'm actually signing then as well, not even a trailer. So that well, was like in my head. But look, there, there are things that, like, I think are taken for granted. But when a player walks in in pre season and the kit is laid out and the change rooms are looking well and the pitch is looking well, you, you set the tone, like, you get down to business. You know I mean? There's no excuses because you get players. And it's not you be the same. Like you give them a crutch, you give them an excuse. I'm telling you, they'll fucking flake you with like, and they'll take it. Like, Spot so on, give, yeah. don't give them any excuses. Like when they rock up, you give them no excuses, and you demand from the get go. Like, and then that's it. And I think if you have that culture and you have everything uh, there, because I do think football players are whingy, money bastards. Like you know, they they will look for excuses, and it's just it's just I don't know what it is. Is it? Is it is it soccer players? I don't. I don't see you getting the guy. I wouldn't think that's. Do you, do you, do you think mean? that's starting now, Joe? Do you think that's more evident now that people are becoming more, you know, moany, whiny in comparison to when you were playing or even before that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose when I was like, say, if I look at my first three seasons when I was in England and for say coming to Cork City, uh, there was still a bit of moaning. Players were still. I, I think I don't think that'll ever change. I think players mm. are always moaning, sniping. Oh, what are we doing this for? And you know, we, we call it a running club. We go to the track and players are having fucking heart attacks and, you know, the bleed test is coming up. You're like, oh, the bleed test is just You know, the, everything is a big mountain and a big mountain. But then when it's done, and you're like, oh, that wasn't too bad, lads. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. everything's perceived. And I think there's always, they'll always be mourning. And I think, I think, I don't know, maybe the better players mourn because they want more. Do you know what kind of way? Jeez, that must have been world class. What <laughs> <laughs> my thinking of it is when you're a coach, you're closer to the players and you might hear it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. When you're yeah. when you're a manager, I, I say when I looked after the team toward the end of the season, I say I didn't I didn't hear half of it. <laughs> you know, probably what I should have, or maybe not. I think the group was fairly good that we had, but I think when you're a coach and you're close, I think players and you hear it, don't you? You hear it. You're around yeah. more than the manager, and um, it's your job to kind of. You know, see around corners or whatever, like you know. You know, you're on about players there now, they moan, and you always do go to like the assistant, and I probably moan to body. Do you yeah. go back and rat out the player to the manager then, or do you, do you know the, the coach always agrees with the fellow that moans? You know, it's very rare a coach will turn around and go, "You're actually pretty bad." Like that's why you're not playing every week. You know what I mean? <laughs> or do you, you go back to the manager? Yeah, there's a way. I think it depends on what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. if it's gonna be if it's go, like I think it's, it's part of a coach is kind of you know, you know, job would be to protect a lot of this shit from going back to the manager. You know what I mean? To deflect and to manipulate a lot of what comes back and, and to see if there's any um you know if there's any any worthwhile um information to drop back to him. If there's something in it, I think it's important. I think at the end of the day the objective is the result or whatever or the betterment of the player, the betterment of the squad. So if you can take something from it and think here, do you know what? This is becoming a trend, maybe. Then you go back and say, something mightn't be right with this guy. He's, his head is down or whatever. You might see body language or whatever, but I think it just depends what it is. You know, you don't go back. You don't want to betray confidence. You don't, because, you know what I mean? It's it's um, it's delicate. If you lose that in a player, you're fucked. Yeah, but I also think, honestly, though, like that funny as well. I mean, someone is saying something. I think it's your job as an assistant to kind of, you know, tackle it there and then. I mean, as you said, if it's a bigger problem, you bring it to the manager. I mean, but, you don't have to go back and tell them every little thing, do you know what I mean? But it's, I think, exactly. it's just, like, if you don't have, if you, if you, if you undermine the manager any time, you 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 might not be assistant manager. Like, no matter what, the player's wrong, he's right. Even if you think that he could be right, you're like, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it is. Like, you can't undermine it. Like, but I think, I think having, 
depends what sort of depends what sort of assistant you are. I mean, if you're a if you're a sort, it depends what kind of card you are, and it depends how you get on with the players. Like, but um, I think I think your job is to kind of inform the, the manager. You kind of have to be a bit of a more it comes with experience, doesn't it? You have a bit of experience. Yeah. You kind of think to yourself, Do you know what? I'll I'll bank that for later, and if it becomes you know, if it's that valuable, you know, you could go go about it. But I'd say the experience, I think, um, you know, maybe if someone is new to a job, I'd say he'll probably think, you know what, I'll just go back and tell him just in case. And I don't know whether I was I was guilty of that, maybe not, but I was always aware of to protect the player, number one, you know, and then obviously not to load the manager with, with, with a lot of that. With more stuff like that, yeah, yeah. So would you actually, have you ever turned around to a player and said, what you're saying is a lot of bollocks, basically? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I learned the hard way in that one. I'd be very, like, straight up, like, I'd, I'd actually go for a player and say, like, you ain't going to go, you actually remember you've got to be a coach here. Like, you're not a player anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think that kind, of, that kind of took me a while to kind of go, you can't do that. You can't be instigating an argument or looking for an argument. or, And I think sometimes my, I definitely would be very brutal uh, but I think that's not good either. Sometimes you have to sometimes kind of look back and go, you can't really tell a player straight up all the time. It depends what kind of player you have. But I do think honesty, ultimately honesty is the best policy. I don't think, I think players will say, I gambled an awful this, that, and you're But at the end of the day, if you know, if they know you're honest and you're trying to be the best coach you can be for the player and for the team, ultimately that's your job. It's not, you're not there to get, you're not there to get pats in the back or thumbs up or he's a great bit of stuff, but, uh, he's a he's a shocking coach, a shocking system manager. But he's a great player. Your job is to be he's a good system manager, a good coach. You know his football. Yeah, look, he's not okay, guy. Like, but that that's not your job. Do you know what I mean? You're not there mm-hmm. to get lights. And, and if you if you have the answer there and then, you might as well you know call it. You don't have to be um you know you don't have to be blunt about it. But if you have the answer there, then I suppose you just turn around and you can yeah. you can deal with it and. Um, and that's it. But like again, I, I suppose the way you break it to a player as well, you can go back with a bit, bit of a, a hard tone. I've heard Joe doing it as well, and I've actually learned from him as well. You can go in and you can give a fella a little kick up the hole to say, "Hold on now, you know, grow up here." You know what I mean? So you don't have to disband that straight away and not use it at all. You can use that. Have you ever had that now, where you're the manager and you believe the player needs to kick up, or the assistant and you believe the player needs to kick up the hole, but the manager disagrees? Because I think in like. I've been in the dressing room, Joe, with you, and you've said something to a player, and I've gone, he's fucking 100% right. This guy is a bollocks, an arrogant bollocks, and the older lads might see it, but then the younger lads gather around him, and it kind of divides the dressing room a bit then, because half the players are like, he's spot on here. Thank God someone said it. And then, does the manager ever pull you in and say, you shouldn't have said that? Like, If you're talking to me, I look, no. I mean, look, a manager's never said, oh, you shouldn't have said that, or you shouldn't have said this, or, you know... I've never been in a position where I thought I stepped stepped over the line. I mean, look, if I thought I stepped over the line, I'd be the first to say, look, look I was a harsh there, was I, or a reflection, and, and I would be very self-aware that way. But, um, but no, no, not really. I mean, I think they, I, like, if I was to say anything, say, at halftime or whatever, like, I'd speak to the manager and say, look, you know, have a quick chat before we actually have the chat with the team. So he might say, oh, and I've been in a situation where, look, I'll cover that and you cover this. Yeah, no worries. Or, mm. or he's my, here's my two or three points I want to get across. Will you cover this topic sort of thing? So you're kind of, you're on the same wavelength, really. And I've been lucky. Like, I've been, like, I work with, like, Neil. I, look, Neil didn't get a lot of credit at Cork, obviously, because I'm, I didn't either. But, like, I tell you, you know, Neil knows his stuff. Like, and I work with any, obviously, at Warford, uh, Franny and Jim Crawford, like, brilliant people. Like, I never had so much fun at Warford off the pitch. Jesus Christ, it was like, 
like a comedy sketch half time friendly, wasn't it? It was great. Uh, in terms of the, the balance, and I owe anyone I speak to because people always ask me about, you know, because in, in fairness, like any, any League of Ireland people, when you have Reynolds, Crawford, and Gamble, you know, in that environment, then we have Dirk Hine in there, you know, who oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not Dirk, but um, Stuttgart. But oh, they always, you know, they always want to know what it was like, especially with League of Ireland people, as I was saying, you know, who are big fans and that. And then um, what I noticed, I, I, if we go back just to that question, just to finish it off, is I remember going into the dressing room there before, and I think this was the first year when Waterford won, um, or won the first division, the first year I was involved with them. But I remember any um, saying to, I think it was to John Frosty, he turned around, or any didn't want to go into a dressing room, he said, he, he let Frosty, you know, handle the kind of the, the emotion and then Rennie came in and he picked up the pieces because if Rennie had got, went in, he probably, well, you know, he would have, you know, lost the plot altogether. So he used the staff. He was so, so clever. Joe will tell you that. So clever yeah. using people and, you know, and understanding situations to a T. So you'd go in and he'd light a fuse fr- and Frosty would go in and Frosty would tear the fucking dress. I didn't remember getting bottles, smashing it, fucking, not, I mean, this is old school now, but it went everywhere. But, Rennie came in and it was just seamless, bang, and then he was just come in. He quieted it down. Whereas years ago, I'd say it was the manager who would come in, you know what I mean? And the, and the manager come in and, and he'd probably end up kind of denting a lot more than what he'd need to do or he'd have more impact than what he'd need. Whereas Rennie came in and he just, he settled it, you know what I mean? But he lit the fuse under Frosty and let him do the dirty work for him, you know? So I thought that was really clever. So going back to that point, what I always felt was though, you kind of started over the years, I started to know my place. So I kind of, like Joe was saying, you kind of know, you know, when to say something and when to come back and it becomes kind of second nature. You don't even think of it some of the times now. You, you see it, you feel situations and there's a telepathy between the manager and the coach and you're kind of thinking, I'm going, I can go in there now, I won't now, I leave that go for a while or whatever. But you can, you can kind of read them and it's kind of <laughs> telepathic between the, the both of you or the coaching staff as a whole, you know. Yeah. Is there ever like proper arguments between the coaches on like who should be in the team and who shouldn't? Because obviously everyone has different player opinions on players. Have you ever had proper rows over that? Like where you're adamant you want a player in, but the manager might disagree. Yeah, not 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 like an argument to the point of shouting and roaring or anything. disagreements. Yeah, no, there was I don't think there was. There was definitely disagreements. Um, you know, um, you know, Rennie knows the league inside out. And I think with the league, there's 10 teams in this league, you know, in the in the Premier Division. If we talk about the Premier Division, there's 10 teams in it. He, knew every, he was nearly able to call every team. Joe, you've been testified to this. Mm. He, he was able to call every team what, what was playing, you know, and you'd look at it and you'd, I, I, I used to always try and second guess what it would be. He'd actually get it down, the team should be given in and he'd have a guest. And there could be a player in that team that might have played for three weeks. You know what I mean? So it came back to judgment as well. And we always kind of trusted him. You know, I noticed when I was in the dressing room, Jim and Rennie, you could see the two of them were very good together, but um, they'd have disagreements as well. Jim would have a real, you know, high opinion of a lot of the Dublin teams. He'd know each and every single one of the players. So it was always interested in listening to those. And, you know, Paul Cashin, likewise, when he was in with Rennie, there was always that. And, you know, it would have been a few times I made that, had my speak about players, but not, I think nine times out of 10, because there's not 20 teams in the league and, into you nearly know what the team is going to be the opposition and your own team as well you don't have massive amount of players to pick from you know you don't have an embarrassment or riches so maybe that kind of clash isn't there yeah. do you get a say on signings coaches or is it more the manager manager really yeah well I suppose last year obviously with, with, with Finney I suppose I would have had a bit more of a say I think as assistant with him um, and again it was tough because obviously we're, we're looking at loanee players and 
Look, but it comes down a lot. Look, I'm probably sick of saying, but it comes down to your budget. Like, it's, it's what you're gonna offer. Like, I mean, look, it, it, you can want to sign this fella, that fella, that fella. I remember one time with yeah, pre-season, yeah. we we spent about three days going through video clips, agent, agents, um, all sorts with all names on the board. It was like fucking. It was like, a, what would you call it? A draft in America with all these fellas moving there. And everyone's doing. It's like, Jesus, it's gonna be brilliant. And then you come in the next day, wipe that off there, Joe. Will you? So boy, <laughs> So you're kind of going, what? So you wasted three days. So yeah, I think, Fucking hell. So oh, you you go see back. some clips, like you get clips of players and you think to yourself, this fella's, like you, you kind of get lost. You kind of, this fella's, yeah. but, but how isn't he? Yeah. And then you kind of zoom out and you think to yourself, he's been let go by four clubs before. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or, or why, why am I looking at him here? Like, yeah. you know, you're obviously what's the catch? Because what I said before is, I want someone to give me their clips and show me some shitty pieces where he shanked the ball. <laughs> show me he's human. Realistic, like, you know, give me a Because everyone's like, oh, he's a world beater. But yeah. It's difficult. Recruiting players is, is the hardest part as a manager, but it comes down to only one thing and it comes down to money. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. If you, like, if you're looking outside Dublin, Cork, Waterford, Sligo, Galway, Finhaps, whatever, you have to pay more. You got to pay for expenses. You got to pay for accommodation. And let's be honest with it, it's a combination. No one's like it's like going to London and buying and getting a pound. It's just ridiculous price. So you're paying through the nose. You, you're not going to get good players to come on small money if it, it's their income. It's their sole income. It's professional. Yeah. So that all comes down to your money. I, I don't care what you say, let's and I would admit I would I would bet what can every penny you have for the last ten years. Take away the points and look what each team spent on their budget towards players only and show me the table and show me who's top and second. You see the top teams at the top and second, so forth. So, so you, it's not just, oh, he's a great manager. Like, let's be honest about it. You need good players. And then, because mm-hmm. a lot of good managers have this, oh, he's a great manager. He's great. Oh, I've seen some bluffers on my team. Like, trust me. I've seen some players who couldn't coach anything. Couldn't coach, couldn't coach fucking... Under eight, under, under under eighteen, but yes, oh, he's a great man. No, he's not. He's got a good, he's got a good budget. He's got good players. Do you know you're spot on? Absolutely, Joe, you're spot on. And you know, I've seen it myself just with um, you know, even you know, in regards to the last few years in Waterford, you'd see some, some. It's the budget is everything. The, the bottom line is the play. If you have a bigger budget, you're going to get better players. But the funny thing, what I've noticed as well, I mean, I've heard it quite a lot. Um, in terms of you know managers and stuff, he has so many contacts and stuff like that. What I noticed coming even toward the end of the season, there was a few people who weren't sure that I was gone from Waterford, so they were getting on to me and about players and stuff. Like yeah. as far as I'm concerned, contacts okay, it's good. You will you know obviously have an open line to somebody. You know you might have a you know a scout in, in you know be it Scotland, England, wherever you might have um, a, you know a line to them. But contacts now is becoming, it's anybody's game. You know, it comes back to the money. I think every every club in the league is offered these players. You know, nearly everyone's offered the players. Awesome. Where's all the money? You know, it's 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 like, I don't have, a, I didn't have a massive contact pool four or five years ago. I do now, but with the likes of social media and all that, people are just throwing, like you wouldn't believe That's them. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm never on it. I think I've made an account ages ago on it, but the amount of things I went down on you, people saying, oh, fly, this, that, the other thing, you know, I'm getting phone calls off established people that you know want you to take their players because obviously they have a lot on their books but contacts of years ago and, and this thing of saying oh he has many contacts I get that some people do but players bottom line want money you know and the money exactly. is the thing and uh, 
obviously, um, you know, the, 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 the best players will get, be sweeped up by the, by the best money. You were on about your budget there, Joe, Cork last share, and you did list of players. Why would you have certain players? Did you have a different budget? Did the budget change from what you first went in? I'd, I'd be honest, uh, Graham, I, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, like, I, I spoke to Finney a few times about the budget, but, like, it wasn't a, like I wasn't a manager, so I didn't burden him on it, and I didn't kind of badge him and say, oh, you know, what's this and what's that? Because it's my first time, really, as a coach, working closely with someone who has a budget, like I wasn't okay, I work with Rennie and say Limerick, but I wasn't privy to that's what we have as a budget. And this fellow is getting that, and he's getting that, and we, we need a striker mm. breaks. You know, I didn't, so I wasn't, I was a novice, really, let's be quite honest. When I was naive, and I just presumed that we were Cork City, we had a bit more money than what we should have had. And all of a sudden, it came very evident that in pre season, I'm like, well, if we, if this is the squad, then you know, it's going to be tough, like, and I knew. Fairly, fairly straight into a few weeks, I was like, mm, I'm not too sure about this because we were lacking a lot of players, a lot of quality in certain areas, like especially compete in, in in the professional league, like and and your Cork City, you'll get away with it for Finn House. You, you, the, the the aim is to stay up. When your Cork City is the aim is to win something, but you can't win something on a third of the budget when they won the league and we get a third of the budget to expect it to be up that level. No, no one probably expected to win the league, but. It's still expected to compete. No, listen, we got relegated and we deserve to get sacked. I'm not I'm not here to defend that, but I'm just saying that like things change, and I just presume that we would have had a bit more to go and get these better players, more established players. Yeah, you have young players, and look, young players potentially two or three years' time could be good. And I remember saying at the very end, Stephanie said, like some of these players are very good players, and he made a good he made a very good point. He said, Yeah, for another manager, not for me though. And he's spot on, like I said, you're right. Because he, mm-hmm. we both knew what was coming, and these young players will be good for another manager, but they were never going to be good enough for us because we weren't going to get time to look at them. And that's the way it is, like, and that's just um, that's the sport we're in, you know, it's the results business. And I get all that, and I look, I'm not even here to to to, to go down that route. But I just think were you kind of encouraged? You have to go with youth so last year. No, not encouraged. What? You go to take the taste like you go from if you if you're paying someone. Say 100 euro a week, 100, just say 150 euro a week. What are you going to get? Young for that, 18, 19, living at home. There you go. You're not going to get a married man. You're not going to get an established player. You're not going to. So, therefore, that's what dictates. Like, so it's not a case that we wanted to play every single young player. It's just that's not the way. I mean, some of these players are very good, no doubt about it. Some, some will struggle. Some will need to go back down a level to go up a level if they do. But that's, that's unfortunately where we were. Like, we had to get a squad of players in. And you know, that's why. Why didn't she? Why didn't she just. Not sign three or four younger players and sign one quality player who's played in the league. You probably end up there with fourteen players, like. But would you not think that's a better way to go? Because I thought last year once there's squad is very big here, like you don't ah, need twenty five people, twenty six no. people. I know the way the league walked out in the end, you probably would have oh. got away with the fourteen. It would have been ideal. You couldn't play a fourteen coming. Say if you two injuries and you put all your eggs in the one, you put we talk, but you put your eggs in the one basket and go look. We'll go out, no one gets striker and a half. But if he gets injured in the first game. You're down to playing a 16-year-old, 17-year-old with no experience. You can't get a lonely. You know, you, you do need you need 16 professional players and you can make four or five young players up and get a few loans. That's what your squad is like. You do need 16, though. You do, because you can't have eight or nine and then the rest of the kids and then the rest of the loans. You're going, sure, every team will get injuries. You have, you're going to get injuries somewhere. You're going to be freak injuries. They're going to be anything. Do you know what I mean? And, and we had a lot of stupid injuries last year. I think every team obviously has injuries. So you're going to need a squad. Uh, no matter what, like, but look, there's many ways to do it. But you know, what is it? You can't make a silk, a silk purse out of pigs' hair, like, do you know what I mean? That's about it. That's what it is. Like, but do you think that 
there's, there's such a big gamble though with younger players. I think the ego is coming through on younger players. It's ridiculous at the moment. Do you think like that's a problem as well? When you've too much young players in the squad and you don't have... I used to think of Rovers as one of the best restaurants. Why they were so successful was they were all the mature lads and mm. Ronan Finn and Joey O'Brien ran the dressing room. Anything stepped out of line, everyone yeah. respected them. No, you're right. I go back to your point, though. They're full of the budget. They're full of pros. It's a budget. So you think Joey O'Brien's on 100 euro a week? Do you think Ronan Finn's on 100 euro a week? I'll ask him there. Well, no, I know. I know that. You but put I, another I, zero I, behind them probably a bit more, Benny. But like, that's the reality comes. Like, we're not, I wouldn't sit here as a player who's played for 16 years in professional sport who's been lucky enough to play my whole career, lucky enough to win things in League of Ireland and abroad or whatever. I think, and Penny would, it's the same Penny playing the Premiership with David, you know, for, he's not stupid. Like, we're not here. Like, we're not green and say, oh, we, we'd be grand with these kids. Like, we know what was needed. We know we needed all these different pros. But it comes back to coming back. It'll always come back to it. Money. And I, I guess, I'm, I'm sorry, I know what I'm saying that. And it's like a fairy tale. Some people believe that coaching our football teams are like playing championship manager or sign this kid in five years' time. It ain't working like that. It comes down to show me the money. That's the reality of a government. Contrast to what you're saying, Joe, there. You know, and I think you're, you're spot on. You know, it, our team, we, we had, um, if you just look at the, the spine of the team, we had Brian Murphy. We had, um, say, Robbie Weir. And we had, say, Darren Murphy. You know, and those sort of boys there. And in between, we had the sprinkling of all the, the younger players, Graham. You know, and uh, we could have done with you, actually, near the end. I don't know why you left. But what I noticed was, you know, we, we went down to play Cork and we were lucky. A few chances in the game. Cork, you know, should have run out. We're worthy winners. I think we got a draw nil all. Um, but what, what I noticed was our team, Cork were fighting for their lives when we went down there that time. But what I noticed about this, th- those players were so key for us. Darren Murphy, even when he wasn't playing, having him around, like very similar to what you're saying about Joey Brown, just having Darren walk in, lads fucking start to sit up a bit. You know mm. what I mean? Having Brian Murphy there, having Robbie Weir there, having Sam Bone there. Sam was injured every single, you know, every single day. He was still in on time and he just led by example even when he was injured. You know, and it's just, it's just having him. Like if you're too far one way, if you're too far, if they're too old, obviously whatever. You need to get the blend and the balance right, but it comes back to budget again and available player availability. We were steeped. I think we were really, really steep to get um, Robbie Weir, um, an absolute smashing player, you know. But he was mm. he could run the dressing room, you know, um, and uh, he was always, um, you know, he without him, you know. I think we we played Dundalk, we bet the moon. We we ended up playing Robbie Weir centre half. He was our best player, but it was just what he offered was phenomenal. You know what I mean to the dressing room, and you know he was a voice yeah. and. A, you know, and you don't get that from the young lads, and you don't expect to get it from them. And um, as Joe said, if you want to do, no. I think if you start with someone, start with a group of young players. There needs to be a process over two or three years. Don't think that this is just going to work yeah. because it's not. The making and no. break idea of you know get players in, get rid of them. That water would have adopted over the last four years. Yeah. I don't see that as being any way. There's no, the thought going going through it um, is purely coming from a financial aspect, but. Look again. So you can look at it from the other beggars can't be choosers. If clubs can't keep players, you know. But, but Franny, if you think of it there as well, look. I mean, with like with the War, with Waterford and Cork City, like the massive turnover players. I think we had we we when Franny walked in last year, he had three players signed from the previous year. Or we might be four, mm-hmm. say four. 
So you've got a turnaround of whatever, 60, 15, 16 players. Yeah. I mean, that ain't, that ain't going to work. No, it's no. not going to work. It's just, no, it's, it's nearly impossible. And like when it came to the situation where it's like, it was a situation as if he's from Cork, we need to sign him because we couldn't put him up in another combination. Because you yeah. only had, you only had, you had so many, like you had so many beds in, in, in a house and, and it's the same award for him. The turnaround players every year, funny. And I would say every league of world club bar the Robes and Dundalk who got there. And when City won the league a few years ago, they got to the situation where they had a stable squad and brought in two or three, let two or three go. That's grand. That happens all the time. But you can't turn around and get 15 players in every season. It ain't going to work. It's impossible. I, I think I think at the minute, um, when you look at... When, I'm only taking Waterford because they're my local club and stuff like that. But if you look at Waterford at the minute, there's talk, you know, I've only seen him play one um, pre-season game, but there's a lot of talk. They have a lot of young lads, you know what I mean? Young players and they could, they're dying for experience, this, that and the other thing. But, you know, it's it's it's... It's hard. It is. It is hard as well because you know the turnover. Looking to try and overhaul a squad, they've come late to the you know the party in terms of trying to recruit and stuff like that. So it's an uphill task before you come in. But then it's to blend them, get them together tactically, socially. You know, through a pandemic. You know, I think you know having two pre-seasons at this moment in time as well when the league is starting. So you know, you're just firefighting from the start. And it, it, for me, League of Ireland, if you want to change the complexion of League of Ireland. Each club has to get out of that. But then you have to, there's, there's so many arguments to it. How is it going to be feasible to keep players on? And do you increase the contract structure? You know, it's, 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 there's so many variables to it, you know. But, um, yeah, there's so many. There's so many. If I was a fan, I'd be very frustrated. I really would, you know. Oh, I'm massively, massively frustrated, Fanny. How we share yeah, as a fan? Yeah. You have players coming in, coming and going all the time, and you're up one minute, you're down the next minute. Like, you're, you're win the league in two years, you get really, like, you know, it's very difficult as a fan. You'd be kind of going, like, how, how was it going? How was it such a yo yo mm. sort of league and, and team and players? It's very difficult. You need, like, each club needs stability. Now, obviously, not every club can be at the top. I, I only get that, but you need to have a better structure within your club, and there has to be a better structure within the league. But look, this, you could talk about that, you could talk that for another 10 podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> With coaching, you have to pay a lot of money to do badges and everything like that. Is it something you think is worth it, really, the amount of money? It's like 10 grand nearly to do a badge for, like, League of Ireland. I think it's, I always think this, like I was saying, my family always said to me, do the badge. I'm like, Jesus, it's not worth the money because you'll be out of a job in a week. Like, I mean, how long is stability in League of Ireland? Do you think it's worth it? <laughs> I think I spoke, I spoke with George one the week about yeah. this um, briefly, and we were just talking about um, each division is 10 teams. If you add in your assistant, that's 40, you know, you're going to have, you know, 40 people uh, involved in each of the teams. And that's that's not, not even included a third coach in each of the teams or whatever. But realistically, how many managers when I was involved with Waterford last year were out of work that are now back in work? You know what I mean? And, and I mean, you wait for pro license managers, top managers, great people as well. You know what I mean? There's no structure. There's no pyramid. There's no, if you want to call it like um, a pyramid structure like England, say the Premier League, you come out of the Premier League, you fall into a first division, you jump on the merry-go-round, first division, second division, national league, all the nine divisions, whatever way you want to look at it. It's not, um, over here, there's none of that. There's nothing. If you're out of a job, you're out of a job. I'm not too sure. I think down the line, you're talking about the, you know, um, you know the, the World Cups and all this, and, and I love the conversation that a few people put up there, even online, about you know get early need to get their house in order here mm-hmm. in terms of the FAO. You don't don't worry about getting the World Cups. Look after the league. Look after the coaches because I think when you pay ten grand for a course, I think there is some kind of um, you know from the FAO or you know government bodies and stuff like that. It's a lot of money. You can't be just 
dumped or left out of a job as such. And, and that's not coming from me. You know, I still have to do me, all my badges as well. But I, I just mean, I just don't like seeing the likes of, just take Stephen Henderson, take Stephen Henderson, take Tommy Barrett, take all these... It's not right, Neil Fenn, Joe Gamble, out of work. There should be some kind of structure that they can add back into the community, that they don't have to go off and source work in a different thing. So after paying 10 grand for a course, but then they end up working back in a factory. It doesn't seem to me as though the structure and the safety net is there to support these coaches, you know. And I, I don't, like people love doing it in the first place, but they're great people. They're brilliant and they're professional coaches. If you get to the competency of a, of a pro-licensed coach, like that's one of the, you know, you get a job all around Europe for that, but you can't get it in your own country. How do you feel about that job about the badges? It's a tough one because, look, the first thing, if you look at it from just purely, just take a step back from it, if you look at it from the FBI point of view, Therefore, their remit, lads, we can't guarantee jobs. Like we're putting on coaching courses for the betterment of grassroots football right to professional level. And I get it because there's a curriculum in UEFA. If you want to manage in the Premier Division in League of Ireland, you have to have this. So it's not the FAI setting the tone that you've got to do it. It's not, the, it's just, it's, 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 it is the rules. It's just the policy and procedures of the of, of UEFA. Um, and I can see that because I was on course before and this came, and I, I would imagine that this topic will come up in every single FAI coaching course from A license to C to Pro license. I reckon everyone would be on to Niall or Egan and say this and that. And I remember Niall saying, look, listen, at the end of the day, it's not our job. I can't, just because you're in a course, we can't guarantee you jobs or just that and the other. And as Franny said, people do it because realistically they're in love with the game. It's not their, it's their heart ruling their head. If you spend 10 grand in any course, in any other job, you'd have a job for life. You really would, like if you were doing a, a pharmaceutical course or a CEO, I don't know, you know, IT mm. courses, whatever. Would you think it's a clever move by the FAI if they were to turn around and say, right, Joe Gamble, look at how many years he's been involved in football. He, should, he has something to offer. He's now out of work. Imagine that Joe Gamble could be put on some kind of scheme where he's making money, but he's also giving back to grassroots or he's looking after an academy team in Cork or there's a regional, you know, development, you know, yeah. you know could be anything there that you know that they can make a structure and okay the money is the other thing and you know etc whatever but i just wouldn't it be great if that was the idea to feed back in instead of now instead of feeding back in joe gamble's gone out of the game so where's that 10 how is the 10 grand help the fai and for me, I think it's an innovative state of mind that, and Noel O'Regan is unbelievable, by the way. This isn't a go at Noel O'Regan. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be great if we could have something that, rather than falling out of it, but to feed back into the system where we can prop up everything. And very hard, It's very hard for you with so little teams and then you have academy teams who are not full. Like if you're looking at the English League, they have like, whatever, 120 teams, yeah, yeah. population 50 million. They have all these full-time academy on the 20s. They have... They have returned to protocol, returned to training, uh, full time coaches. They have, they have a coach for everything. Do you know what I mean? There's, and and what drives all that is they're, they're, they're a business and they're a big entity. And we don't have that. Like we, we, we're nowhere near that level. And we never yeah, yeah. that level. So it's very difficult because at the end of the day, the coaching, co- the content and the courses, I think, are brilliant. The people mm. that do, do the courses are brilliant. I can't fault the FAI yeah, in any shape or form because their courses are great and I, I, I really enjoy them. The cost is what the cost is. No, mm. people say, oh, they put on a lot of courses. Yeah, they probably put on a lot of courses. That's because that's they're a business too. They need to make money. Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. They, have, they, they have, but also as well, they're trying to coach as many grassroots coaches down through. So I, I would imagine the D licenses and C licenses at the bottom in the intro courses, there's probably one of them every week all over the country because 
Mm. Parents and the, and the volunteers need to be better coached. If we get their coaching right, the, the kids, the next generation should be better as it goes on. So their, their, thought, process, their thought process is excellent. It's mm. just, you know what, it is the business thing, and it's a horrible side of it. It's like, because it is one of those where you have to wonder, like, is it even worth it? That's just the best. Well, that's what it comes down to me. Is it worth doing all this and the stress of it and your old job? And as I, I know, I've been, I've been sacked a few times in football. Like, I, I, I had a month situation where the chairman told me after the game, thanks, Joe, for your effort. Look, best luck to you. I'm like, what? You're sacking me? Like, that's after the game. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In any other job, like, you, you get two weeks' notice and you'll be put on this. And it's <laughs> like, in football, I like, right, lad, best luck to you. You're gone. You're up the gap. Do you know? So, like, it's such a volatile um, I, job. I, I'm coming from, I, I, I'd agree 100% with you. I, I think the money, the, the money is the money. My, my only problem is I'd love to think that there could be something down the line. Maybe there's something in other countries that Ireland can look at. Obviously, it'll come back to finance or whatever, but I'd love to see the idea that these pro-licensed coaches don't just fall out of the game. That's all I'm coming from. I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money, but let's be honest, if you want to be the best, you know, and, and work in something that you love doing at the highest level. The money should be, you know, secondary to, to what your objective is. But I, I just I just don't like the whole thing of paying that much money um, yeah. and uh, you're without it. Like, it's a gamble then. That's basically what we're saying. Yeah. No, exactly. There should be sort of thing. Like, you, like if you were pro license, you should be at the, the pinnacle. There should be so many coaches. But then it, does that become a monopoly then for any of that? Or there's only 30 coaches, so one of them have to get a job. And that kind of just... That defeats the purpose. Then I've kind of maybe who have some guys who have policies, maybe they, maybe they're not good enough. I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So do, do they should they come down harder? Where you know you have to pick from the pool of pro licenses that are there, or whatever. Look, look, it's a quagmire. There are so many things. I, I there think is. you wouldn't have, you wouldn't work last year, war for if you had to have a pro license. Like if you had to have a yeah, pro license, hundred percent, yeah. But I, I just think that look, and we do have really good innovative thinkers there, like obviously in the FAI and, and, and that, but. You just like to think that it it just comes from my personal perspective that yeah. I want some pro, you wait for pro licensed coaches who who aren't in the game as such now and yeah. I'm thinking geez, he's he's lost to the game there he might not get back into it you know what I mean yeah you know, but look it is what it is I don't I wouldn't disagree with the price because I think you know what you've been offered and what you're given is the best it's Europe European standard you know what yeah. I mean and but, he, but even at that like if you do get a coach in Ireland your job like you, you talk about budget like besides your Rovers Dundalk like a club's really going to be paying that much as it worked a lot I'm not saying just I'm just picking a club like Athlone at random you're travelling up and down the country I can't imagine the budget's great for that manager to go in and do everything like is it worth doing all that to go Jesus budget's awful and where do I go here like but that yeah. comes, it comes back to again, probably comes about the love of it. Like you, you, you don't think rationally. It's the love of it. Yeah, obviously you're gonna get paid for it, but like it's the love of it. That's why your heart will rule your head all the time. Because if you actually thought, if you think logically about half the positions and half the stuff you actually put up with it, you wouldn't even set your foot through the door. You'd be like, no chance. There's no way I'm doing that job. There's no way, but I want to make that stress on myself. But you do because I, I think it's the love of the game, and also you're probably naive to think, well, I'll, I'll make it better. Do you know what I didn't? Yeah, the other manager, he's a good manager, but I'm better than him. And then I go, and the next manager goes, well, I'm better than Joe. And that's the way it is. Like, you always think you're better than the next guy. Because that's just the way the sport is. And that's the way you have to think that you think that I will make it better, regardless if the, regardless if the players have won, like, I make it better. It's <laughs> <laughs> a challenge as well, isn't it? When you think of it, you have a challenge. You're like, if you take my scenario, my hometown club, you get an opportunity. Like, no matter where, like, 
you always think like yours and you always think you're going to make it better and you always think you're going to make a you know add value to it but it's the challenge and and um you know if you supported that club all your life and you have the opportunity to take that on you're not going to turn that down if it means traveling up and down the country remember what you're doing you're representing you know your hometown club your hometown people your family your friends whatever it is and having that connection is massive and there are opportunities of a lifetime you know what i mean you can't people are queuing up for jobs you know what I mean I don't think there's a thing where ah, there'll ever be a job just left and no one's going to go to it everybody be clamoring for jobs and that's just the way it is but mm-hmm. um, I can see your point Graham. I but I look at it from I think you know every job is so valuable so valuable in terms of what it gives it you know us from a human aspect and in terms of what you know what you can probably do for people as well it gives you the ability to try and create something and um, what, what other job do you, can you walk into a manager's job you know what I mean, is like that, you know what I mean, or, or have that much power to try and um, create something, you know, in a managerial role without going through six, seven years of college or whatever it is. Yeah. It's kind of unique in it, you know, once you do your badges and stuff like that, it puts you in an opportunity. And if you look at my one, I was one of the, in a, in a unique scenario that I started as an under-15 coach work all my way up through, say, you know, for the last four years. And I ended up in a scenario where there was two managers before me in the one season and I was the third in the one season. And um, for me, it's, you know, I feel as though I'm already a different coach from those games that I looked after in the last quarter of the season. So it's the value it gives you as well and the challenge and that passion and the love of your club, you know, especially if it's your hometown club, it's massive. I know, like Stephen Kenny's done well out of management, but what's the ambition then of being a League of Ireland manager? Because as a player, you go into League of Ireland, you go, I want to get over to England. Do League of Ireland managers really want to go when they're that age, going, I want to uproot the family, get over at that age? Well, you look at where Stephen Kenny is now. You know what I mean? He's, he's probably the exception to the rule, and he's yeah, under severe yeah, pressure. Yeah, you're, so. you're right. You're right. So, out of the minority. He's the minority, but I don't know if you look at if you look at other managers as well. Like your ambition always goes back to you know your capabilities and what you have to work with, and you know what I mean. I, I think there's good managers who probably never get the opportunity to manage in England, but you don't always dream of it. You know what I mean. I look at Stephen Bradley, and you look. I, I think he'll definitely get the opportunity to to manage in England, judging but from you know how he understands the game and sees it and. You know, um, I just have that feeling that he's one of those people because from what I see, you know, he, the way that team plays football, I think it's ready-made for a team over. The thing teams. is, like I've worked on him, he's a good manager, but then he's taking a risk because he got time at Rovers you would not get in England. That's your, yeah. not my, He was very fortunate the time that the club true. gave him because how much time do people want him sacked? Yeah, That's true. where you go back to when you said it but takes two, two or three years and people don't have the patience. Mm. Yeah, you need luck as well. And sometimes people say, oh, you know, luck is missed, missed opportunities and taken opportunities. But like, you need luck. Like, he got a bit of luck. Like, I suppose, luck, you go back to the, mm. the best manager by in England. Alex Borgson was the same thing, apparently the same thing. Well, before my team, he was going to get sacked and they weren't doing great. And all of a sudden, he turned around. So, like, he needed time. He got a bit of time. He got a bit of luck. He got back from the board. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about he got back heavily, lads, and there, and then, but then he obviously showed his true quality because the style of football they have played, I haven't seen in the league in a long time. I yeah. really, the way they set up and the way they go about the business is excellent. That comes down to the players they have, but there's obviously a lot of work done. It's not just it's not just getting the Liverpool good players and throw them into the mix. You obviously the way they play and the way they've gone about the business and what their structure is, that's been worked on. That's not luck. But Graham, from working on. Or um, if we're talking of say managers that could, or have the capabilities of going across, would you reckon that um, Bradzer has has from how he works, and would you reckon he has a chance? 
you know what? Like, I think uh, obviously he does, but I think the big thing for him would he'd have to have his coaching staff with him. I honestly do think they help him a lot. And I think if he went over to England and he was working on their people he doesn't know as well. And our clubs in England going to be happy for him to come in and say, I'm bringing everyone over from Ireland. That's very risky. Like, I think he would need yeah. his, his staff with him that he they know exactly how he works because he kind of leaves some of the staff take it at the start. He leaves everyone do their bits and then he just kind of polishes it off. I wouldn't say he's on the trainer and giving instructions loads and loads. He delegates loads, like, but in fairness to him. Every management team, Graham, that's, that's, that's the way it, the way it works. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. no, no club will say, look, we want him, but you can't take your assistant. And you, you normally take your assistant, maybe another coach might be able to take the, the head scout, the SNC, and the physio, you know, you might take your, most clubs would, would give you at least a system, maybe not a coach, or you don't see any club unless you're big hitters like the, the top, top teams where they just wipe out the whole staff because Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola wants to, then that's a different ballgame. But I think going back to your question about the, the viability of the league, like that's that's where I'm at at the moment, being honest with you, where I'm not too sure how viable I am. I I, I, I want to be watching, I'm sorry, being involved in the league because. My biggest worry was when I got sacked with City and I kind of thought about it, was thinking, well, do I want to be like mid-40s or 50s, travelling to Derry for a gig, going out to Shelbourne, going to Galway, going to the award? Like, you know, that, that's what worried me, being quite honest. I kind of really took a step back and go, do you know what? I know my four kids at home. For 16 years as a footballer, I've asked them to go to England. I, I remember my wife was two weeks. She, she was two weeks after a baby. Had a C-section. I'm throwing into the car with two other kids, with another kid driving to Sunderland, getting a ferry, like a 10-hour journey to move into uh, Roy Donovan's house uh, when he played in Harleypool. And then we had our third child and he's two months old and I'm going to Malaysia and even treat my, my, my wife and three kids at home. Like, that's not even normal. That's not even begin to get normal. Like, that's like that's beyond the joke where like I've done that as a player and I've asked my wife and family to do that with me. And I'm thinking, do I really want to do that now again as a coach where it's even more Fragmental, where you get the sack at the drop of a hat. Whereas a player, you got a contract. I sign a contract. I know I'm there for two years. I'm going at least every year. Mm. You have some sort of security as a manager. You're out the gap. You could be out the gap in a week. And I just thought myself like, and that's why I'm really struggling at the moment, thinking, do I really want to do this full thing, or do I want to wait till my kids are a bit older? Still do. I just look. I always be coaching as I always been because it is who I am. And as a player. Even I remember, as I, probably in 25, 26, I, I dreamt, when I said, I wouldn't dream, no, sorry, Lewis. I, I thought about, a lot about becoming a manager in League of Ireland. I always thought I'd be the manager of Cork City. I, just the way I was, I, I trained my badges as I was playing, and I did my s degree, and it was all geared to, when I finished, this is what I want to do. And then I stepped into it, and I'm like, hold on a minute, no, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, this isn't what I thought I was signed up for. And then I looked at Neil Fenn last year, and, and, and the amount of stress and workload he had, and I had many things like Fanny, mate, you, you need to stop. You need, like this is not good for like. And again, he he was what, he was was he forty four maybe at the time. He was living down in Cork. His wife and three kids up home, renting a little tiny little tiny little granny flat in in the Shannon, which is like you you don't get reception out there. Like it, there's nothing out there. And he's living in the training ground. He, he's he's staying at nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night because it, there's a TV and his he's a home there. He's and he walked. I've never seen him walk like him. And you're kind of going, do I really want that? Do I really want the stress mm-hmm. of this? And I kind of said to myself, I don't. I actually don't. And it turned me off the job, being very honest. That's, a, that's an unbelievable story because I remember talking um, to Pat Fennan when he was in Waterford. And uh, I was walking out of the tunnel and we're walking over toward our training pitches. So I'm coming out of the tunnel, we go to our training pitches on our right-hand side. I might have told you this, Joe. 
but I looked up to my left. So as I'm coming out, the glass panels in the RAC stand, I saw someone up there and they had a roller and they were cleaning off all the, the, all the, the windows or whatever. And I said, yeah. you know, on him. I said, that, that's Pat up there, you know. So I walked up the steps. And I said, well, well what, are you, what are you doing this? And he told me about what he'd what he done. He's another he's business, you know, um, contract cleaning up in Dublin, all the buildings or whatever. But he turned around his words from where he said, never count on just making money out of football, he said. Never. He <laughs> said, always, always be thinking and have another idea. Yeah. He said, go and he said, don't count on making money. And he especially, and he said that to me. And he said, he's been doing that for 20 years. And if you look at everyone, all the, 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 all the, from me, what I look at, the people, the people I know say from likes of Pat, you look at Rennie and you know, all these, they're, they're always on the go. They're always, and they build up these connections in terms of Rennie's there and he's the Irish under 21 assistant coach. He's been consistent in coaching previous that he's worked with the FAI, you know, and he's with Shelburne now, he's with Dundalk before that. If you look at that, not all of us will have the affordances to do that. You know what I mean? And the opportunities to do it because um, you need to, you need to, you number one, have a have a be a name, you know, and have have be in that group. I think once you break into that group, I think the mindset changes slightly. And what Joe was saying, it's, it becomes a bit different then because you might fall out of one job into another because you're in that kind of um, little hemisphere. But and um, it's very hard when you're on the periphery of that group because once you're out of a job, then you're out the other side and you have to find yourself another job somewhere else. Did you want to stay on coaching? Are you looking to stay on coaching? Like- I will 100%. If it's made me, you know, um, the time off and having, having getting that snip of what I got at the end of the season, um, it's made me crave managing. Managing was it was phenomenal. Like, you know, it was it was it was a different. Uh, it was completely different in coaching because um, you're delegating everything. You know what I mean? And it was it was something different. It was something I wasn't expecting. So I was learning on the job. But um, I had time because of the lockdown and stuff like that. I felt as though everything kind of slowed down at times. So I had more times to kind of concentrate on bits and pieces and talk to people. You know, even talking to Joe. You know, you get you're getting advice off people, but you'd crave it you really would and, and it's something I want but I'm not naive to think that oh, I'll get another manager's job next year this mightn't happen for another five years but I'm going to obviously keep in with the coaching and um, once this you know lockdown thing goes you know what I mean and uh, see what offers kind of come in as such but um, 100% I want to stay in the coaching but you're going to have to you know fill the gaps you know like Joe's doing at the minute in terms of jobs in between because um as that at that minute you haven't broken into that group of coaches that are going to be involved in that you know um in that circle if you want to call it that so it's definitely something I want to do I won't be coming away from I'm only 35 now so I still class myself as young and um you know looking forward to the next kind of challenge of, of coaching and that. to me Joe you seem like you were a bit relieved there to leave Park City towards the end because did you think if he'd stayed on you would have stayed kept them up no no, that team was. Right. If you had, had thirty six right. games, yeah, I think we if we thirty six games, maybe. Yeah, look, good point. I think we were kind of we were before the lockdown happened. I thought there was a bit of progression when we played Pats away. Mm. We actually played really well. We lost one. We could have easily got a draw, and we were there was there were signs there, like and then all of a sudden that comes down and. But I think ultimately, I don't think we'd have kept my foot stood. I mean, we tried everything. I think we tried. I tried. We tried everything. Like I was, I had pain in my head thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like of, of overthinking it. And, and we did the most daft things and this and that, and we changed so much, and we just couldn't get the response from the players. And look, maybe it was us. Like I mean, you have to. I don't know. There's no defining say like that was right or that was wrong. But I don't think we'd have done much more. I, I, I'll be honest. Very, very honest. There after the Pats game. 
when they beat us, it was a three and a half comers, wasn't it? And they, they were like Barcelona, they absolutely destroyed us in the first time. You were gone that day. You were what that day? Oh, it was gone by then. They were like Barcelona, they absolutely just, they took us to the cleaners they, on the first time five minutes and they were excellent and full value for the win. And I remember coming after the change room and I said, look, to be very honest, I hope I get the sack because I can't watch that again. Like, that was my exact words to the team. I am not lying Did to you. Did you really mean it? Yeah, it just something you said. No, I did. I did. I said I can't. I, I just. I. I did because I, I. don't think I could have done any more. I just. I. I would bang my head against the wall. We tried everything. The players weren't responding. Maybe it was us. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was Neil. No, Colin came in. It was too. He didn't have enough games to change around realistically. He couldn't bring in players. I just. I just felt that I had enough. I just had enough of it to be quite honest. With you. And it didn't. When I did get sacked, it didn't bother me. Well, I didn't lose. I didn't lose. And once asleep, I just said, right, okay. And I, but I'm like that, though. I, I'm, I'm like that. Was, was it kind of a relief, so? Because would you have got abuse around the city with fat? You know, you said know. you were always trying to manage them and you weren't doing well that you just said, look, I need to, I'm happy to even step away from this if you've come in and said, I, I want to get the sack. No, it wasn't, it wasn't a case of me. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't relief. Like, I honestly, it wasn't like saying, oh, not at all. And I'm not talking, oh, sorry, just how I felt at the time, but. And I wasn't getting grief. I think everyone realised that we were the young team and there was things going on. And, and look, listen, with COVID, we weren't the only show in town. So it wasn't just people were, were worried about their health and lives yeah. and, and their, so everything in life. So it wasn't just a spotlight on us because we weren't because it wasn't going well. Um, I just felt that I just think that at the time, I just, I just, I just didn't think it was going to work. And I don't think we could have done any more. Like, you know I mean, it just wasn't working for whatever reason. I mean, so how many crisis meetings do we have? Right? I was sick of fucking meetings. You know what I mean? It was like meeting on meeting and I said the same thing, the same players or we ain't getting response. So, and if any, had a great comment, like, and I, oh, I love this. He said, if you can't change people, change the people. So like, what am I meant to say? We can't change <laughs> Get ready and get someone else in. Really but, good, yeah. but, 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 but the problem is we couldn't change it because we didn't have the money to change it. <laughs> it was a great saying, but it means full call, Fanny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we come in, we come in every Monday morning. Say the same thing to me, like, and then they go, "Yeah, but I can't fucking change people's joy." Like, yeah, I know you can't, man. But like, <laughs> you know, it was just like it was one of those things. But no, I just think for myself, um, there was no, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was delayed. But I just think that it ran its course. I tried my absolute best. I don't know it's only short term, but it, I just, it just wasn't working for whatever reason. Maybe. Mm. Whatever we did, as I said, look, maybe we're an awful coach and off manager, maybe our tactics are terrible, maybe we made their own things. But I just thought we tried everything, and it, it just we, we were working with probably just too many inexperienced players at that time, and confidence was low. And it's tough, like, it was no, there's no easy fix for it. You know what I mean, the funny thing is, about- um, after the season, once the season was over, you know, and I, I hooked up with Joe, we're, we're just talking about everything like that. And I saw some of the sessions that they put on and stuff, and you were probably in these ones as well, but some of the sessions were even top notch, like. You know, so you're, Joe's talking about exhausting all avenues to try and get the best out of, you know, what, what he can and stuff. Sometimes you can only do what you can do. You know what I mean? There's no way someone can come in and turn around and you can put on the best training sessions ever. But it's about if it can't be, you know, relayed onto the pitch or whatever like that, or if the capabilities are that players aren't able to do it or whatever way, or if the information is imparted or whatever way you want to balance it up, players or managers, it's um, the, the quality is there. Joe, when Joe was with us, was, you know, it was brilliant and you know I would have learned so much even when Fenny was at Waterford and he's played I got to to train with Fenny and these lads are high caliber in terms of what you know they mean even to League of Ireland and stuff like that but 
sometimes it's very, very hard. So there's some of the best managers get the sack, but I don't think I can't yeah. think. we'll definitely see Joe again at some stage anyway. Could be on the news or something. Yeah. What about you, Fran? Like how how did it leave Waterford? How did it end with you in Waterford? Because you yeah. didn't, you were the heart and soul of that club. When I yeah, was there, well, like... it was it was a funny one. It was um, it was you know. <laughs> Toward at the end, um, at the end of the season, I kind of had a feeling that look, I won't, I, I knew I wasn't going to be the manager. That that was you know part and parcel. I understood that. Um, when it came toward, um, you know, the season was over early December. I got a phone call to say that the chairman will be on to me, um, and uh, myself and Dirk both of us got a phone call. And then I found out, say a few weeks later, it was after Christmas. I think it was January or whatever like that. To say that I got an email to say that. Um, they won't be. They're bringing in two managers or two uh, a manager and assistant manager that there won't be um, a place. You know what I mean for us in the in the staff. And that was easy, easy as that. You know there was no. Um, there was a, it was an email on behalf of the chairman from you know the woman that paid the wages. That's true. Yeah. Um, but not yeah, even a phone call. No, nah, it, it was as easy as that. But I don't. I, I don't. I, I never expected it. Jesus, what is it about that club and emails, friend? For fuck's sake, we were told we weren't getting paid by emails. What's the story yeah, with yeah, there? Yeah, like? yeah. I, I must be the only line. It mustn't have any phones. But um, no, it, look, it was it was a great. Um, I I I could never like I, the way I look at it is very simple. Is that um, that's and I take Joe's line from earlier as well. That's just the way it is as well. They're, I don't expect them anybody to turn up and say you've been great. You've been this. As far as I'm concerned, in their eyes, you're not great because you're getting the sack or you're gone or they're leaving you go. No in terms of the body of work that you've done, you have to be proud of it and, and and the effect that you could have. You can only do what you can do. But um, I remain largely optimistic because of the group of players that we had. My number one thing would have loved to, you know, keep that group together because of the potential group was frightening and you would have loved to sprinkle a few other players onto that and create something kind of special going into this year but to make it and um, and that re-break you know, make it and break it up again season on season model it became you know part and parcel of the last four years so I was expecting at some stage I remember four years ago I said it to my wife that these jobs don't last for long you know I'm going to have to enjoy every minute of this because it's 10, 10 miles in the road I can stay in my own bed you know what I mean the next job if I ever get one will be away from home so it was always going to come at some stage and that and you know there's people have conspiracies and stuff like that that certain people didn't want you there or whatever like that I don't know whether that was the case whether I was part of the old regime or whatever like that but as far as I'm concerned I had an unbelievable time there and um, looking forward down the line hopefully down the line I'll get the opportunity again you know there Looking the season ahead, so um, I don't want to talk about Waterford, I'd say, Frank, because my estimation they're going down. I know you don't want to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who do you think will win the Premier Division? Um, me personally, I think um, I think it's going to be Rovers, Dundalk, Bowes. They'll be my top three. All right, Frank, state the obvious. Like, I mean, who's going to win it? Who's going to win it, honestly? Waterford. <laughs> Pro, would you think, Joe, who's going to win the league, do you think? Um, I would go with Rovers, to be quite honest, but I do think it'll be a very tight affair with Dundalk and Rovers because with Jack Byrne going, he's a massive loss. Like, he, he was really the, 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 the gem that they had. Like, he was the, the, the maverick. Now, I know Graham Brock is very good as well, but Byrne could really turn around when he needed to. And um, he, he's one of those players that they won't be able to replace him. It's as simple as that, unless they go and 
spend 10 grand on someone, but then like, you know I mean, he just he's that good in fairness to getting Sean Horry, yeah, big play. Sean Horry's an excellent, excellent defender. And I just think that they'll have a bit more uh, than they're not, but it'll be tight. I think I think it'll be tighter than what it was last year. When you look at when you look at all the players that have kind of you know, all the teams that have strengthened and stuff like that, the one team that I'm actually looking forward to look at um is Drahada. I remember playing, I don't know when, when when you were there when we played Drahada, but we played Drahada up there and and you Tim Clancy, the football they played was fantastic. But the players thereafter adding to it, it's experience yeah, there as well. You know what I mean? So they're kind of my team to look out for as such. Um, um because um of the style of play number one, the recruitment number two, and they've kept um, a core group of players together that they can build on. And um, it's a great model, you know what I mean? And Sligo would be another one as well. Um mm. another one to look at. And same pass, I suppose. Yeah, well, I think Pats, there's going to be a bit of pressure on Pats, I think, obviously, on Stevie to... But I think they have got good players, though. There's no doubt But I think um, they have to hit the ground running, though. That's my only thing fair about them. They have to start well. But if they can, if they can produce the form that I saw last season against Cork City, they'll have no problem. But I just think they were kind of hit and miss. But they are a good team. There's no doubt about they are a good team. Um, Back end of the season, Joe, they started yeah. to play very good, didn't they? You could yeah, see the last few games where they there was a style kind of like I said, yeah. Stevie had another few games they could have yeah. really you know taken off. I think they started no, no, to just you know that near the latter end as well. Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're, they're a decent team. What do you think about the first division? Because obviously it's very tight this year. I've never seen so many full time teams in a first division. I said uh, I think shells would be the most obvious. Team to say that'll win the league, but it won't be that easy because I just remember even playing the first division with Limerick and we had a very, very good team. We we a very, very strong team, but we didn't canter them in the league either. I mean, uh, mm. we were favourite from the start, but I think Shells will be very strong. Um, and I, I, I think I, I can't see beyond them win the league, to be quite honest. Mm. Do you think City have any chance? My fair for City would be goals. I just don't know where the goals come from. I haven't seen. No, don't get me wrong. I haven't seen them play yet. Like no one's seen them play, and I'm only going off what, what I hear. But I think they've signed a few good players. Obviously, I think Beatty's a good one coming back. Good experience. They've they've retained a lot of the squad, and I think they'll be better for it. I mean, they'll the the down they had or the, the top teams that last year will, will will stick to them. I think and they'll they'll come strong. Um, but I just I'm not too sure where the goals are going to come from. That's my only worry. Mm. You know what I mean. Were too friendly with you, Just thinking, I'm just trying to think of even you're talking Shells, Galway would be the one, Bray would be another one that you'd be looking at. Galway, um, Joe's player, um, an air player, um, Shane Duggan is there, isn't he? Dougie's there. Yeah. Cormick is after coming back from going, going to to him from Derry. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a few players, John Caulfield effect, that type of thing. You know, I think I think it's I think it's going to be one of those first divisions where everybody's going to want to tune into it. Another yeah. results it won't be a yeah. case when at the Premier, because no. I think oh, you, know, you look at the Premier, you look at the, the top two, the next section, then the boys who are again. It's going to be nearly as exciting looking at the the top of the. You know what I mean? When you look at that loan, mm. the likes of that loan, what they're after recruiting. You look um even what Wexford have done, like it's really upscale. That division's really, really upscaled. You know what I mean? Um needed it though, it needed that sort of upscale because with the first one obviously it's not it's highlighted as much no hope this season because there is, you know, good managers there with good names and good clubs there, very, very good clubs, best clubs in the league. Shells are after recruiting so well, aren't they? When you look at the players they're after getting, you know, Ali Gilchrist, like there, there's a physical element to the team as well as a, a good, you know. Technical base, you know what I mean, and good experience. Mm. Boys who play 
Yeah. You look at the likes of Galway, Galway have that experience as well, you know, you know, of playing in that division and, you know, but it's just the fine. I look at Shelburne, Shelburne seem to be the one to beat as such, you know what I mean? And they're a team that have to hit the ground running as well because if they don't, the pressure's on, you know what I mean? And it'd be interesting to see guys as well. I don't know if crowds are left back at any stage because it's a 36 game season. You look at it in terms of, you know, you know, the Premier Division, both divisions or whatever, you're looking at it and you're thinking the effect that could have, you know what I mean? On if the, Imagine if the crowds were starting to come back for the running of a season. City could, you know, in place, you know, all the, all this kind of, if that could add it, yeah. it could come in at a, at a time where, okay, it'll be only a few left in starting off or whatever, but it adds so much to it to finish off this season, you know, with crowds, but what would it add to it? You know, fantastic, be unbelievable. That's that's perfect, lad. Come yeah. here, look after yeah. yourselves, boys. Great seeing you. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Joe. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.